This is Tony Dofat. If you're interested in pursuing the music industry, you have to purchase my books. Become an Entrepreneur in the Music Business, Business and Fundamentals of Music Production, and Introduction to Digital Audio, all available at Amazon and online everywhere. Don't forget Barnes & Nobles. The Industry Cosign Podcast. We are back. Yes, another sir. Another week, another guest, I guess. I guess I can say. Anyway, what's up, everyone? This is Big Said. Kurt Sparks. The Magnificent, the ABC, the Amazing Big Said. Any and everything you want to call me, as long as you call me. And if you have a check, definitely call me. <laughs> but today, we, we, um, we are going to talk to an individual that I've known for... Well, if I tell you how long I know her, you might guess her age, so I'm not going to do that to her. But um, I think um, I think she's an author. I think she does she does a number of things. But as you'll know what I like to do, I don't like to mess up anything in my introduction, so I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. How y'all doing? My name is Latima Nicole, and just for the record, I can't stand said. <laughs> she's, not, she's not the first or the last to say that. <laughs> but yes, I am an author. My book is available. It's called When You Love Somebody. And it's a juicy romance novel, but it also has some eye-opening points about love and relationships. So I would suggest that you go ahead and pick that up. It's available on all digital outlets and my website, latiminicole.com. I'm also a writer and a radio host. We are having a reunion show for my easy access radio show so uh you can go to my website latiminicole.com and check that out see when that will be airing um thank you said for having me thank you for being here and discussing your book your radio show you any and everything and tell me why did you write the book i wrote the book because as a single woman it was very hard to navigate the field of relationships, especially in this point in my life, you know. Um, I'm a mother of a 25-year-old. I, I, I told him I wasn't going to say your age. I don't, I don't okay, mind saying my no. age because I look <laughs> damn good. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm a mother of a 25-year-old who is... Still um, getting that thing on. No, I'm just joking. Go ahead. I am far from Stella, but yeah, he um, moved out and I'm home alone. So that's a different dynamic than when you have a child at home and you're trying to date and you're trying to keep your dating life separate from, you know, your parenting life. So, um, you know, I was going through the whole, you know, I want a husband and all of that stuff. And for some reason, I'm a married man magnet. Like every <laughs> yeah. man. You wanted to be married, so why not with a married man? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so in the book, the uh, main character falls in love with a guy who is married. And the trials and tribulations that they go through um, in that relationship. And the book is kind of controversial because those who are married are kind of opposed to the main character, but they can't help but like her. And um, those who have been in that type of situation where they were dealing with a married man kind of like champion her. So um, it was interesting. That's what made me write the book. So it's so an autobiography. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> the first page of the book says this is a work of fiction. Of course, you have to say that to protect the married man or the married men. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, say. Come on, say. How long did it take you to? I mean, I, 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 you know, we've interviewed actually so far three authors, I think. Three authors. Um, and everyone has a different reason for writing it, of course. But at the same time, I, I always, I'm always curious as to how long did it take you? And I, I know with some people, it's a matter of that's me being me by not putting my phone on vibrate so excuse me but um how long did it take you to write the book and when you did write the book was it more along the lines of like straight writing or was it like i'm gonna write a sentence here and then four paragraphs tomorrow and then 14 words the next day like what was your process and how long did it take to be honest with you i didn't have a process because this book was seven years in the making and i wrote a chapter 
and I sent it to my girlfriend and she was like if you don't write this damn book oh my gosh this is so good and I was like okay I'm gonna write it I'm gonna write it and I just was dealing with everyday life I had the radio show I had the magazine at the time and you know that was far from my mind and literally like once a month she would bring up this book <laughs> and I would write a little bit and then I would put it down I would write a little bit and I would put it down because I really wasn't in the mind frame of writing a book yeah. you know writing has always been my outlet so I would just write stuff down about things that I've observed things that I have gone through and leave it and she was like all right it was um New Year's 2015 and we were toasting in in the new year and she said if that book is not finished by the end of this year I'm gonna kick your ASS you can say ass <laughs> <laughs> no I don't curse I okay. try not to curse okay. she said I'm gonna kick your ASS and I said alright I'm really gonna get down to it and by August the book was finished I self-published and I got it out there and the response was so phenomenal. I'm I'm amazed because you said that you don't curse. You have a 25-year-old son. You live in New York and you work in the music industry. How do you do that? So, instead <laughs> I curse of, just by thinking about what I have to do for the day. It's it's a um a conscious effort. I um so instead of saying what the f, I might say shut the front door. Instead of saying S-H-I-T, I'll say sugar. It's a conscious effort. You know, um, I'm an English major. So I know that there are so many other words that I can use to express myself rather than profanity. So that's something conscious that I have been working on myself. Fuck that. Um, no. <laughs> it's funny because um, I think maybe about 15 years ago, I actually did that. I, I went a year without cursing. And it was it was actually amazing because people like I would do the same to me place you know words with you know what common words people know and they're looking at me like why can't you just say it and I'm like because I choose not to and it, it just makes me think that maybe I should start that again yeah I think I think it's just like you said it's more of a conscious effort and I think that it's interesting because I think it's like with hip hop like. Like every hip hop artist feels they have to curse, and it's like, no, actually, you don't because there's a lot of successful artists that when we were coming up that um, th they couldn't curse because you know, now on a radio station, you can basically say anything, anything and, exactly. and, and it's still on the air. And mm -hmm. I find that really disheartening because it's, I mean, especially with the kids we have nowadays where um, popular music and reality shows are basically raising the kids instead of the parents so they don't have the, the correct guidance and I think it's kind of ridiculous that you know my mother taught us how to not you know use profanity and even on the radios and the TV it was never around but nowadays it's like you know it's just there it's just so common yeah and it takes away from learning words like I love language I love words so I'm always interested in finding new words and new meanings of words and you know not to say that I I do use these words in common language but just to have that arsenal because you'll never know when you're going to need it you know so not being able to curse and find other words to get my point across is um, exciting to me or you can make up words. You can do that as well. <laughs> yeah. You can make you can definitely make up words. For shizzle. For shizzle. <laughs> now my thing is with, with with the industry that we that we're involved in, like um, you know, you're still involved. How 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 do you feel like as far as um just the, the atmosphere, the the environment of the industry that we've we've been involved with for so long that where do you think what direction do you think that we're going in as far as just in general? And I'm not speaking specifically because we have a new president, but just in general, because even if he wasn't um, the president, I think we still would be in the direction, in, in whatever direction we're going in. But let me hear your thoughts on that. Well, first, just a comment on our new president. I keep saying that everyone is saying, oh, Donald Trump is a racist and he's this and he's that. And I keep saying he's not a racist. He's an elitist. 
And it doesn't matter what your skin color is. As long as the zeros in your bank account match up with his, then you're allowed to be in his circle. So people need to realize that that 1% that they're always talking about, those are the people that are going to benefit from his presidency. It doesn't matter if you're white or you're black. If you look at the... Um, the things that he was doing, that was all propaganda just to get the majority vote. But he's not going to look out for those the majority of the people that voted for him. He's going to look out for his friends. So um, just... You did, and, what, you, did, you did what a politician would do. You didn't answer my damn question. You didn't let me finish. Nah, no, I'm just saying. That's, that's why, why I, I can't stand you. <laughs> so in terms of hip-hop, those that are in the industry who have used music as a springboard to um, branch out into other businesses and have were able to grow their net worth, they're going to be fine. But the average artist is going to be in trouble. And I think that they need to start thinking about the business of hip-hop and how they can branch out... <laughs> And um, increase their net worth because it's all it's going to be all about entrepreneurship. You know, the days of uh, getting a job at a company and working for 25, 30 years and getting that gold watch is over. You know, that that's no longer a reality. You have these kids that are coming out of college that are saddled with so much student loan debt and just working a regular nine to five is not going to crack it. So you have to think of new and inventive ways to make money. Yeah, or, or to matter because, you know, sometimes you have to matter in order to make money, especially in the entertainment industry. And I just think it's a crazy thing. But speaking about the business of hip-hop, um, what is it that you're doing now as far as the business of hip-hop? Well, um, you know, my, my field has always been media. So um, I'm branching out and taking advantage of this um, this wave of site media where everything has to be visual. So, um, you know, expanding the radio brand into a talk show and um, putting it online. You know, the majority of the content is viewed online now, you know. Um, you might be able to get a TV show. You might be able to get a little series or something. But everything is happening online now. So um, cross-functioning uh, the radio show with the uh, visual aspect of it is my next move. Okay. I don't know why Kurt's acting like he's not here because he's. You no, know, I actually have a, a question. I hope so because I'm getting sick of you just acting as if you're not here, and no. most times I don't even want you being here, and you're always talking, and all of a sudden now you want to be silent. Earlier you said, Latima, that you are a married man magnet. What are some of the things that occur being a married man magnet? Okay, I'll give you a perfect example. He's, he's asking that because he's a married man. <laughs> I like to know what some of these guys do. Yeah, let me give a perfect example. I met a guy. Uh-huh. And, you know, when I first meet somebody, the first question I ask is, what is your story? Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't want to waste my time. Mm-hmm. You know, let me know if you're dating, if you're in a relationship, if you're married, whatever. Hi. Mm-hmm. Nice to meet you. But I'm going about my business. Right. This guy was so funny when I first met him that I never even got to ask that question we were just laughing and joking and having a good time for like a straight 20 minutes on the street uh-huh. so we never even exchanged phone numbers or anything it was just like all right talk to you later and then i happened to run into him again uh-huh. and he's like all right you know let's exchange phone numbers so i'm like all right fine we're talking on the phone one day so then what's your story he's like what do you mean i said you told me you have three children you know, um, was that before or after the marriage? Mm-hmm. He was like, one before and two during. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, during, so um, are you separated? He was like, no, I'm married. My wife loves the hell out of me. <laughs> so I'm like, well, why are you talking to me then? Uh-huh. Now, mind you, this guy is a deacon in his church, 
been involved in the church for 20 years. Wow. And I'm saying, okay, what the hell am I doing wrong here? Uh-huh. But as a man, uh-huh. give me your perspective on that. Um, He just wanted his cake and eat it too. That's how I see it. Okay. That's pretty much what he wanted. He just wanted his cake and eat it too. Listen, things at home are fine, but there's nothing wrong with a little play outside of the marriage. She's oh. not going to know. Okay. Aisha, are you listening? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm a good guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to this, and from a woman's perspective, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that there must be a whole bunch of women out there that would be okay with that. Yeah, because if I mean, he, if, I appreciate him being truthful with me, right? Because that allowed me to make up my own decision. Yeah, and have options on whether I wanted to deal with it or not. Yeah, but for him to be so comfortable to say that, there must be a lot of women you that may, are okay with that. You may say no, but the next woman or the next two women are going to say yeah, sure, because a lot of women don't want the headaches of being in a relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. It's like. We can do what we do, and then you go home to your wife. I'm fine. But I, but I also think that it's a matter of um, with some guys. I think people get married for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. nowadays. So Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's also a, compatib- a, compatible, a compatibility issue where if you know what you like and your wife doesn't do it, then you might go elsewhere to find it. That's why I think it's important. In any relationship, whether you know you're getting married or whether you're just talking, to discuss the things that you either like or that you want, because I know most of my married friends, they either don't say anything until after they're married mm-hmm. or years later, and I think it becomes an issue because if you if you're loving someone for one particular reason, but then you have let's even make it sexual, if you have a certain fetish or a certain mindset about something and you're not getting it you're going to miss it and of course you're going to go elsewhere mm-hmm. and being that you know and this 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 may not have a lot to do with it but because people are more freer when it comes to their sexuality and there are probably more men that are more freer with other men then a lot of women feel that they don't have that much they don't have many options right so They'd rather deal with a married man than no man at all, or to be in a loveless marriage. I mean, like I said, I think there's so many different aspects. There's to less it. headaches. Yeah, there's definitely less headaches. It's 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 less headaches. Like he can he can approach you. You can say yeah. You guys can continue with the relationship, and he's still going to approach other women with the same proposal. Wow! And That's you, it. you have to remember, women, I think, are worse. Because women are so slick at what they do, men are just naturally stupid. We're dumb. Yeah, you we can, just want to get hours, and that's it. No, it's not. It's not even that. It's a matter of a woman can do. A woman can be so deceptive and be so good at it that you can be literally dealing with one of our friends right in front of us, and we won't get any hints. We and, and you know, women are more emotional, so y'all 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 get it more so when y'all feel that there's something wrong. You can practically tell me that you're fucking my friend. And I'm looking at you like, yeah, whatever. And you're like, okay, well, if you don't believe me, then blah, blah, blah. I can just, you can notice one small thing that I don't even notice. You can notice that, like, I don't wash my eyebrow the same way anymore. So you must be washing it another way for another woman. And, I mean, I know so many, cause, like, I, I, I've had, you know, some some guys that have had problems in their marriage or even women. And... Hearing the discussions from a woman's point of view, it's like, I have to laugh sometimes, and I feel bad, but I have to laugh because the, little, the, the, the smallest things that we don't even pick up, that we don't realize we're doing, a woman's going to pick up on, and it's as if like that radar is so on point. Then all of a sudden we're like, okay, okay, you know, we're admitting things, and a woman can basically come from having sex, come and smile, and be like, hey, you, you're happy. And with most men, we're just happy that you're happy, not the reason why you're happy, but the fact that you're not coming home and bitching or whatever, we don't pick up on things like that because it's a matter of, well, if she's not going to bug me tonight, then I'm good with that, you know. But see, the thing is, with women, we are emotionally invested in our mate. So that means that we pay attention to everything about our mate. So what normally gets a man in trouble when he's cheating is that he changes up his patterns. 
Well, and not exactly true. If you remember Tyler Perry's confession, character. Confession, confession, If you remember Tyler Perry's character, Terry, and why did I get married yes. too? He noticed how his wife changed up her patterns, uh-huh. and he approached her on it. You're wearing different bra, you're wearing different panties. Who is he? Right, but if you are a fan of Tyler Perry, you understand that he writes from a woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was about to say that's so true. that's where that came from. <laughs> Which is smart. Right. So... It's not like I'll give you a perfect example, and I like to use life examples because people sometimes people think that they're the only one going through a particular situation. Mm-hmm. So I like to use life, my real life examples. My son's father and I were dating for a very long time, and like clockwork, I could set my watch to him coming home from work, watching The Simpsons mm-hmm. because he loved The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Eating ice cream after dinner mm-hmm. and then going to bed. Mm-hmm. And this was back in the days when beepers were popular. Right. So the beeper goes off. He doesn't look at the beeper though, but all of a sudden he has to go to the store. <laughs> so he goes to the store and the store is literally on the next corner, but it takes him two hours. Right. He comes back from the store with a 50 cent soda. He forgot why he went to the store. Now, mind you, this is the man who is adamant that you should not drink 50 cent sodas because they sterilize you. Right. But he comes back with a 50 cent soda. So I said to him, who is she? And what did he say? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I just went to the store and I ran into my man and we was chopping it up. The beeper went off. You never looked at it. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you go into the store You've always been the type of person, once I'm in the house, I'm in the house, I'm not going back out. Yeah. You know, so obviously she's somebody important to make you go back out of the house. Mm-hmm. And then you bring a 50 cent soda back. Yeah, my so, wife My wife had questioned me about that sometime last year. I was always going out around 8, 9 o'clock, and I would come home wearing cologne. She was like, what are you doing? I said, look, I'm not doing anything. She was making accusations I was doing something, checking my phone and everything. I said, look, smell my breath. I was actually sneaking out buying cigarettes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing. So but she had she, that antenna up. She got that pissed off that I was out smoking cigarettes. Right, because you changed up your pattern. Exactly. So, and I mean, you tried to cover the cigarettes with oh cologne. Oh, my. Did I? Because my brother-in-law was like, yo, just spray some cologne. You're fine. Man, I was covered like, in like it was nothing. Like, are right, you ready to go upstairs? I'm like, look, I'm not doing anything. Just smell my breath. That's when she smelt it, and she was pissed. Highly wow. pissed. So she was probably more pissed than he was smoking. Then. Yeah, <laughs> she was. She actually was. She, because I, I, like I told her, I'm not out there doing anything. Like with, with a man, you can go out there, bust your nut, and then after that, what's next? After that, he'll call you when he's ready for another rendezvous. Other than that, you're not going to mess up what I have here at home. You're not. You're definitely right. not going to do that. And see, that's what women fail to realize is that for men. Some cheating most times is not emotional. Yeah, it's it's an opportunity because mm-hmm. the opportunity presented itself, and for whatever reasons he took advantage of it. He can sleep with that woman and go home and still be the husband yeah. that you're used to having. But women don't understand. Usually, when we cheat, it's because of an emotional deficit in our relationship. So she has to go through a lot of things before she gets to the point where she can cheat unless mm-hmm. she's a skink and that's just her character. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And men and women don't cheat for the same reasons. No. Now, if you hit a woman, y'all hit it off or whatever, and then you keep going back, now that's a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's something different. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's plenty of men who have had two families on the opposite sides of town and have done that for years. Yeah. You know, so that's something totally different. But if it's just like a one night thing, you ran into her in the club or whatever the case may be, y'all did the do and y'all go about your business, there's no emotions invested in that. Yeah. Two, two questions. Which one is more forgivable? If either one are forgivable. Well, it depends on the person. If this is a pattern that this person 
is continually doing, whether it's with the same woman or whether it's with different women, then you got to reevaluate the person that you're with. Damn right. You know, um, if it's something that happened and it never happened again, then yes, you should forgive that person. I'm, I'm a big believer in forgiveness, period. Because to me, forgiveness is not for the person you're forgiving. Forgiveness is for you because it allows you to move on and it allows you to heal. However, you don't forget. So women don't forget. With that being said, some men. With too. that being said, with that being said, see you see how that. I just keep plugging you. Exactly. I like. That. Oh my gosh. With that being said, <laughs> um, every situation is different. So um, you have to know your mate, and you have to know if that person is genuinely remorseful, and you know that it won't happen again, and then y'all can work on your relationship. But if the person is just like, this is who I am, then you need to deal with it, then you got some decisions that you need to make. I also feel that the, the um, when people get comfortable with each other, men, women see men being comfortable by maybe not making the bed or maybe not... Um, doing something holding the door a woman gets comfortable by saying oh i got him so i don't have to use myself to get him not use use myself but you know that's why they that's why it's a common thing where once a man gets married the sex stops so i think like stereotypes do play in a way where with most women if they get the man and they get the ring they get comfortable and it's like I don't have to lure him in the way I've been luring him in for this time via sex or via cooking or via anything that a man is appreciative when he comes home or even when he's he's with you. I think with men, men get so comfortable with just saying that. I don't think, see, I think with men and women, women get comfortable when they get the man. I think we get comfortable when we feel that the woman honestly loves us or sees us in a different space than she's always seen us. So I think that's where the differences come in where, like you said, it's more emotional with a woman if she cheats because I could love you to death. Everything could be great as far as me being emotionally available, I mean, emotion, emotional towards you and my love for you. And like you said, there's an opportunity. I might be like, you know what, let me take care of this opportunity because blah, 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 blah. But we don't look at it in any way, but because, you know, we're still, we still think that we have the patterns that we've exhibited beforehand, except for the, the eye brush that you notice that we didn't do. But I think that's what it is. Like, like they said, um, <laughs> I think it's the, the Mars and Venus thing. And, um, but nowadays, I've actually met women that have the mindset of men. Mm-hmm. And men who have the mindset of women. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it's, it's funny because... That's that's how society is today because, you know, whether it's equal rights, whether it's evolution, whatever it is, I always try to tell people that sometimes you just have to take the other person's feelings into account and a lot of people don't do that. And I think that's why if a woman cheats on a man, a man can cheat with 9,000 women. A woman cheats with one guy one time for four seconds kissing this man. And a man is going to go crazy because of this one four-second misjudgment or whatever you want to call it. But we feel comfortable just fucking everybody because it's a matter of, I'm going home. I love this woman. I spend my time. This woman, this, that, and the other. And I mean, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I don't think we're ever going to understand it from a woman's point of view. And a woman's not going to understand it from our point of view. But That's why they say you got to embody your partner. Embody. I think that it starts with honest. (laughs) It starts with no, for real. It starts with honest communication, because I've always said that when you, (laughs) I've always believed that (laughs) you said said when you first meet a person, you're not meeting that actual person. You're meeting their representative. You're meeting the person who they think you want them to be. So it takes about six months for that person to get tired of putting up that facade. And then you'll start to see the real person. And then that's the person that you have to decide whether you want to be with. I think it's a matter of when you first get the sex. (laughs) No. No, I'm just joking. No, it's not. (laughs) It's not because, you know, society plays a big role in how we um 
pattern our relationships. And society tells us that a woman's role is this and a man's role is that. So when we go into relationship mode, we're saying, oh, society tells me that I need to work a nine to five, take care of the house, make sure that my husband has a hot meal um, on the table when he gets home from work. And then God forbid, if we have kids, I have to do the homework with the kids. I got to do the laundry. I got to do the errands. And if you're not cut from that cloth, that becomes tiring and you get burnt out. Society is telling the husband that all you have to do is go out and make the money and bring the money home. And then you can sit on the couch and stick your hand down your pants and watch football. Or basketball. Or sports. (laughs) Yeah. So then it becomes friction in the house because the woman is like, okay, I'm always exhausted and you're not giving me any help. You think a man would feel the same way if the roles were reversed? The woman was going out to work and the man wasn't working? I think that if that's the dynamic that works for your family, then that's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. You know, stop letting society dictate what goes on in your household. I mean, let's be realistic. Nowadays, it takes two people to make a household work. You need two incomes. So what's wrong with divvying up the chores? You know, I'll cook dinner, but you have to pick up the kids. I think the biggest problem is that people don't communicate before they get to that stage. Exactly. They don't communicate during the the, the, the relationship. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Before yeah. they get to the stage where they want to, you know, and, and we're blinded by what we what we feel is love when I think it's more about companionship sometimes because you're dealing with somebody who you vibe with, who you might have great sex with, who you might get along with, but the other factors are not taken into, into account until... The, the papers are signed or right. you walk down the aisle and I think that if more people actually took the time to talk to each other and get to know what the other wants then they can come to a common either they can um, I was going to say negotiate they can come to a you know a mutual mutually a beneficial agreement right so that way it can be a happy thing my thing is I'm going to go back to what you said earlier and any woman that's ever dealt with me since I've been a teenager would probably agree with the statement. I typically, not to say that I have a worse side, but I typically show people who I am right away. And the reason why I do that is because I want them to actually see me as I am. Right. And as I get to like them more, I kind of become better because I like them. But... I know it's always the other way around where people, you know, present their best foot. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, you're gonna. If I'm scratching my ass down the street and I'm walking with you, I'm gonna do it respectfully. But I'm gonna That's do it because. Disgusting. Uh, no, but oh I use that. I use that. No, no, no. Hold up. I'm not saying actually put my finger like my hands yes, in you my pants. No, 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 no. I, yeah, no, I know no, you do. No, no. <laughs> not, not since last year. But listen, no. What I'm saying, but, but what I'm saying is not 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 in the point where. It's either disrespectful or, or, or disgusting, but in a way where if that's what I usually do once I get to know a person, why not let her see that right away? Because if you can accept me at my at my worst, you're going to love me at my best. Absolutely. And that's the reason why like these women can't get enough of me because... Um, it's oh, not I thought the, it's it was the dimples. I, I, okay. I, just, I just want to say, it's not the looks, it's not <laughs> oh the hair, it's God. not the personality, it's not the charming. I just think it's that, um, like, uh, this young lady, she she got, she she would get mad at me, said that I was too sarcastic, I was this, that, and the other. As we got to know each other, I, I toned down a bit. One, because I figured, she, you know, I knew she didn't like it. And two, that's just who I am because, like I said, if you can deal with, if you can deal with me at my worst, you'll love me at my best. And... I just think that um, I anticipate the opposite because you're going to show me your best. I'm like, no, if you're cursing, spitting, and doing all you do, let me see that because if I get emotionally interested in you, then it's either going to be a turnoff or it's going to be one of those things where, and this is where most people go wrong, where it's like, oh, that's little. Little becomes big because it's, it's always big, but because of your attraction to this person at the beginning stages, you don't think too much about it. Right. And I think that you know you, you you basically I've done it. I mean, it's it's, it's a human thing. I don't I don't think that's society. I think that's a human thing because, it's, especially if you're attracted to somebody, you want to be with that person or you want to show them something. It's just like with guys. I have friends who would spend 
nine million dollars on a woman just to court her and then if he's not making that type of money anymore if he's not spending as much anymore then he wonders why she has no interest anymore because i'm like that's what that's what you that's what you baited her with if you don't continue what you're doing she's gonna lose interest because that's what kept her interest Mm -hmm. i do the exact opposite i'm like you're taking me out. None of you stop. Yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> no, you do. No, no, but I, I, I just think that um, now this might be society's fault. Where I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to impress you. If you're not impressed by what I present you, then I don't want you because I do try to impress women. And like I said, the women that know me, it, it comes at a later stage because, like I said, you have to present yourself in a way. I gotta see if I like you. And it's always superficial. It's always on, on surface because, you know, you, you might be pretty, you might dress well, but you might have an ugly personality. You might have bad habits that annoy the hell out of me. But I'm going to overlook that initially because I think you look good, because I think we can do things together. I'd rather see the, you know, I'd rather, like, let's meet in the middle. I want to see something about you that will keep me as opposed to something that drives me away. And the thing is, we all go through the same thing where if you meet somebody's friends and they're like, oh, he's doing this now. Now, he's always done that. <laughs> but when he met you, this, this, that, and the other. And like you said, it's just a matter of just getting comfortable. And if, if I think that parents, I think parents are are very instrumental in how we go about things because we're going to get influences from our friends, other people around, TV, social media. But I think growing up, because one thing that my my, my parents instilled in us is respect towards people, and specifically my mother, she made sure that we respected girls and then women. So that way, when we got to the age and our friends were doing the dumb, I'm just going to fuck her and do this, or I'm not going to respect her. And my mother... Didn't become a grandmother until her youngest child was 24 years old. Mm-hmm. And we grew up in the Bronx, and we grew up around people that, like, had babies when they were, like, seven. So, um, <laughs> and, and the funny thing is that my, my, my younger brother, he felt, like, even when he got his um, future wife pregnant, he was scared to tell my mother. He was living on his own. Um, but it's like he was a, a full adult. It wasn't like he was 13 living with my mother and not making any money. He had been working for years, but the fact that my mother instilled this type of, you know, moralistic values in us, like he's like, I think his thing was because they weren't married. Right. But, and that's understandable, but I'm looking at him like, money, you're 23 years old, you're on your own, and you're good. I'm like, come on, cut it out. But, like I said, if my mother didn't bring us up in the way that she did, you know, who's to say that all of us would have had, I have two brothers, who's to say that all of us would have been like some of our friends where they had 10 kids by the time they were 19. So, right. I, I think it's I think it's important that parents have to institute um, whatever type of moralistic, I think that, especially today, kids are brought up on materialistic values, and especially with social media and the reality TV shows and what's seen on TV, what's heard on, like I said, you can curse on radio now. I think that if parents did the, the, the proper jobs of bringing up their children instead of allowing others to bring up the children, society would be much better because they wouldn't have to learn from others, and then you have, like my mother, my mother used to always tell people that if she ever heard that I had a fight in school, or I had a fight with somebody, she would ask, what did they do to get him to fight? Because I don't start fights, I don't fight. But if you push me to the point where I feel I have to fight, I will fight. And then when I do fight, it's not a pretty scene. So my mother always had this thing where she knew, you know, the the, the, persona- the personalities and characteristics of her children. Right. Nowadays, these parents don't know their children. And I think that that's sad because they don't get to, not only do they, 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 they don't get to nurture their children, they don't get to know their children. And I think it goes beyond just saying, I'm your mother. You have parents who are trying to hang out with their kids when they get a certain age. And I guess that's cool, but like when you're in your 20s, but not when you're like 16, 17. And I know some parents want to have a close relationship with their kids, but I've seen situations, I've heard situations, and I know situations where a mother is treating her daughter like that's her younger sister. And I think that that sends the wrong message because you can still be cool. I was cool with my parents, but I was scared. I was still scared of my mother. Right. Be- right. Because of what she is. And even though I curse in front of my mother sometimes, it's always a slip. 
I I'm, I'm more conscious of a, I I can curse a storm. I'm around my mother. It's like okay, she's still my mother. You know, I still have to have right. that respect. And like I said, if it wasn't for the fact that she instilled that in me, maybe I would have went wayward. And and that's what I see. And even with my nieces and nephews, my brother did the same thing as far as you know, instilling fear. I mean, um, instilling moralistic values where. None of them are disrespectful, and it's just funny knowing that, you know, it, it's a continuation, and then knowing that you have friends that they can't control their kids, or they don't, I mean, it's it's just, I don't know how we, how I morphed all the way into this. I don't know from. either, but I, I just want to say this. <laughs> Since I am the mother of a 25-year-old, I had to have a conversation with my son and my um, nieces and nephews to let them know that, yes, you are grown. But I am not your peer. Yes. The way that you conduct yourself around your friends is not the same way that you conduct yourself around me. And we can have the best relationship in the world. We can communicate. We can laugh and joke. But there's always going to be a line. Yeah, there's always got to be boundaries. I don't care how old you get. There's always going to be a line. And certain things are just not acceptable. Like, I'm never going to sit and have a conversation and tell you about my personal business. Because, again, we're not peers. Yeah. I don't expect for you to come and sit and give me graphic details about your personal business. Now, if there are things that you're going through and you need advice, then I'm always going to be here for that. But just for us to have general conversation and you come to me and be like, yeah, I met this hoe in the club and, you know, she let me bang her out in the bathroom. You should not be having that conversation with me. What if he wants to have the conversation but words it differently? Would you feel comfortable? Not saying hoe or, you know, but you know what I mean as far as like... Um, met the shorty. Not even, no, just, just a matter of... But at the same time, I'm pretty sure he'll be more respectful and want to get your advice as a woman as opposed to a mother. Right. Now, if he's getting my advice as a woman, he's not going to word it that way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why he's right. approach. So his approach would be totally different. And it's like, yo, Ma, I met this. I'm sorry, mother. I was up at the club. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but that goes back to you, what you said about knowing your child. See, I know my child. And my child is not... As far as relationships is concerned, he's very private with that. So for him to come to me and ask me for advice about a relationship, that means that it's serious. Yeah. And that's something that he's thinking about long term. But as far as him cutting up, because he does cut up, he's a comedian. So he does cut up. And I have to look at him sometimes and be like, okay, I'm not your friend. <laughs> you know, certain things just don't, don't rock with me, you know. And we've come to an understanding now, and, and it's good. I don't understand how parents, like you said, could be in the club with their kids and y'all are hanging out. And No, because first of all, if you have a child that's old enough to get in the club, I don't care if you had the child at 15. You're at least 15 years older than that child. That's a whole generation difference. So y'all shouldn't be into the same things. And if you are then either somebody's way too advanced or somebody hasn't grown up. It's funny you say you have that relationship with your son. I have a 20-year-old daughter, and I can remember around the age of 18, 19, I'm just straight up with her. I'm like, yo, so what's going on with you? She's like, all right. I'm like, who are you fucking? Oh, daddy, please, it's not even like that. I said, look, I'm just straightforward. I need to know what the hell's going on, only to give you guidance on what you should or shouldn't be doing. Right. I mean, now who you should or should be fucking. I mean, look, she's gonna do what she's gonna do. Exactly with that approach. No, it's gonna be like that approach. If it works, if it works for you, right? It's fine. Right. Okay. She she has been open and honest. I mean, I haven't asked her recently. Her father for twenty years, so she's used to you. She knows. Yeah. You know. Now nowadays, I say, so who you fucking with? And she'd be like. I, I'm just focused. This, this guy named Cedric. Um, no, <laughs> he said no. Not my baby. <laughs> Not my baby. Wait, she's not 21, so you're good. 
Give it a year. This, I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I'm just like, look, you know, who you Dad fucking with? Trying to redshirt your daughter. <laughs> and she'll just tell me straight up, not. I'm just no. focused. That's it. <laughs> but like I told her, at the age of 21, it's not so much that I can say anymore. You're pretty much on your own. Just be careful out there. Mm-hmm. We speak about a lot, especially my mishaps with women. Mm-hmm. If there's Still? anything you need to ask, <laughs> just holler. I'm here. That's it. But you know, children. Pattern their relationships after what they see, Good not Lord. so much what you say. Yeah, that's why he had to ask her. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've made some horrible mistakes, boy. Well, and and, and the thing is, with none of us are perfect. But yeah. If well, you can well. recognize that you've made those mistakes and you can have that conversation with your child, that's great. Yeah. Because they do. Like I look at my brothers. My mother was a very passionate outspoken and opinionated woman mm-hmm. and she, she, every she was black black panther <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and each one of my brothers have married or dated someone just like my mother hmm. and i look at at these women and i'm like oh my gosh that's my mama mm-hmm. but you know and it's something that they're not even consciously aware of it just happens it that way it does you know and so it's not about what you say to your children you have to pattern yourself and mm-hmm. be a model for what it is that they're going to be attracted to when they get older i make sure to tell her have your own don't get kicked out <laughs> that's one of oh. the main things i tell her have you know, your own <laughs> it's so funny because I saw on face somebody had put a meme on Facebook and said that half of you women would be single if your man had somewhere else to stay. Mm. And I'm like, is that what guys are doing now? Like they're hooking up with women who have their own apartments because they have. I, I, I might have. Stay? I might have to soon. Some, some, of, <laughs> some of them. Everybody. Everybody has their purpose for why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Some use it. Oh well, I got this tool. I know I can use this to shack up. Or right. she makes this amount of money. I could use this to shack up. Everybody has their reasons for why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. Very rarely you'll say, yo, the sex is that good. I have to shack up. It's always some I'm other. I'm not leaving. <laughs> yeah. There's always some other ulterior motive, I believe. Well, I'm of the mindset. And I taught my son, you are going to live on your own. You are going to know what it feels like to pay bills. Damn right. And to have your own. And then... If you feel that you're in a situation where you want to live with somebody else, mm-hmm. you both go and get a spot. Don't move yeah. in with somebody else because their relationships go through their ups and downs. And I would hate for somebody to have to say to you, this is my spot. Mm-hmm. And you come home and your stuff is in hefty bags at the door. I've been there many times. Good you know, Lord. God bless the child that has their own, mm-hmm. you know. And even if... You get to a point where, all right, we need to dissolve this relationship. Both of us have to go, no. you know, and, and that's just a reality. Yeah. I don't want anybody to ever. That's like one of the worst feelings in the world for somebody to tell you you need to leave. And they know that you don't have anywhere else to go. It's so bad that even when you're in a great like I had to tell my wife recently, look, sometimes it, it just plays back. I have that feeling you're going to say pack up and go. And she's like, yo, we're not even like that. It's happened so many times. <laughs> it's like, it just gets scary. Right. It's not me. It's you. Right. <laughs> and it gets to a point now. It's like, I don't want to keep wrecking her nerves with this, but I have to relax and chill. But you know what they always say? Sometimes being in a comfortable position, you, you can't get too comfortable because anything can happen. Well, I think if there's unconditional love involved in the relationship, then you can get comfortable. And because there's always going to be that something mm-hmm. that are going to allow y'all to get back to where you yeah. were. But at the same time, I think it's human nature that if we feel comfortable enough, and like you said, um, based on what you say, the other party can take it as if they're being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. So it's also perception. Yeah. Because I can get comfortable, so comfortable that you think that I'm either too laid back or, like I said, it, it, it plays on personality as well. Mm-hmm. I'm a laid back person. So women, 
like 90% of the women I deal with, like automatically because I'm so soft-spoken and so relaxed and laid back, they take that that either I don't care or and because I'm not a jealous person. Let me rephrase that. I don't show my jealousy. I've had to learn over the years that I am a jealous person, but I don't show my jealousy. Mm-hmm. But when, when in my experience, because I guess I only can speak on my experience, on my experience with most women, they see that as somebody um, that doesn't care or somebody who doesn't care enough. And it's like I do everything else that I'm supposed to do in theory, but that one thing that they feel uncomfortable about, but what I always tell women, because it happens so often that sometimes women I meet currently, I'll say immediately, I am so laid back. So that way they'll understand when they see me in a laid back position that it's not. it has nothing to do with me being like, okay, I got it. So no, it's not that. I've always been that way. And to hear the same thing. And, and I think the important thing is once, you, once you, you've been with multiple people over the years and you hear a common theme, Kurt, you have to realize that sometimes it is you and you either have to take steps to correct it right. or bring it to their attention because like I said, I bring it to their attention because I doubt I change the fact that I'm laid back because I'm 48 now so I've been laid back for like 50 of those years so <laughs> I don't think that I'm going to all of a sudden like change up so my, my, my way of combating that is saying okay, you know what? Let me let you know this because blah, blah, blah. And it works because they look at me like, oh, but I, I told you that at the beginning. They look at me like, <sighs> or even if you tell them they don't think it's as, like I'm not as laid back as I you know, presented mm-hmm. myself to be. But it also goes to a society where people are always trying to do things that they feel you're trying to impress them. I'm like, I'm not trying to impress you. This is who I am. Right. Let me, let, me put, let me point it out there. And even if there's some things that... um. I feel that they will be annoyed about. I will tell them I'm very sarcastic. I'm going to tell you I'm very sarcastic because once that phase ends where I'm the cutest thing in the world, and now you're like, okay, he alright. <laughs> then you're going to be like, yeah, this motherfucker sarcastic as hell. No, I've always been sarcastic. It's just that you were so caught up in everything else, you didn't notice the sarcasm because, like, I don't know. This one particular girl. This is about two years ago. She's hanging out with my friends, and and somebody said something, and they was like. Um, and she was like, "Why do you have to be so sarcastic?" They looked at me. They looked at her. And they was like, "Wait, have you met him?" <laughs> and she's like, he, that, "That's that's the if nothing else, that's what he is." And she's like, "Oh, but I'm like, no. I've said I've always been this way." And I and I basically said the same thing. I'm like, "You were just so enamored with me that when I was being sarcastic, you didn't hear the sarcasm. Right. All, all you saw was, oh, I'm attracted to him. Oh, I think we could be good to get this another. So I'm like." I've also told you that I'm sarcastic and you might you might take it as being mean sometimes. Now, I can be mean sometimes because it's part of the sarcasm. But I also feel that if, if I've given you fair warning or if I've told you something, then it's not up to me to remind you. <laughs> and I think that's like, I think that, it, it, I think it's a human, I think it's human nature that we ignore the things that we want to ignore. Yeah. Until, we, until we can't ignore it anymore. Or... And I'm going to be stereotypical when I say this, but like with most women, when they when they want to find something to be mad about or to use against you, they're going to point the most obvious thing that everyone knows and use it against you. And I'm so used to women just looking at me like, in your fucking mouth. I'm like, oh. That's why it's good if you're in the receiving end. If the person that you're potentially uh, going to date, once they come out and tell you everything about them, it's up to you right then and there at that moment to say what you're going to tolerate, what you're not going to tolerate. Right. If you're not going to tolerate it, just let it go. Prior to my wife and I getting together, okay. it was it was three years I was single. The women that I was meeting, if I, they would like just come out and just say how they were. I didn't want to tolerate it. I let them go immediately. I, I just didn't want to deal with it. Three years single. I That's why it was three years. <laughs> I, I kind of disagree only to the extent of sometimes... People, not that people change, but people can and do change for others or they either see the error of their ways because if I see that I'm pushing somebody away that I don't want to push away, mm-hmm. instead of saying, you know what, if she can't accept it, I cheat myself and I've done that before. That's the reason why I say I disagree because I've cheated myself before because I had a conversation with somebody that I really liked and she was like, yeah, but you just, I was like, yeah, but I'm like, you know what, you're right. And it's like, I should, and it wasn't anything major. It wasn't like, 
I wear khakis and she only wants me to wear slacks. I mean, it wasn't anything where it's like it's one extreme to the next. It was a little thing that I could change if I wanted to, mm-hmm. but I didn't see it in that way because in the way that she was saying it, it was more helpful for us to grow. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, we're good friends today. But I also say to people, I'm like, sometimes in a, rela- in a relationship is also, in, since I'm an entrepreneur, I see a relationship similar to a business relationship. It's got to be mutually beneficial. There's going to be some things you have to give up as well as some things you have to you know, accept in order for it to work because sometimes being separate is not even if you have your, if, even if you have your ways or something about you, somebody could be good for you that can make you not want to do something. So mm-hmm. that's all I want to say. That's the only reason why I say I disagree. Only to a matter of like, but but it also depends on your feelings toward that person. Exactly. If, if it's today you're telling me this, I'm like, oh, we we're not even involved. So you know what? Yeah. It is what it is. But, but um, just to get back to Kurt's point of talking about he's been down that road so many times of you know having to pack his bags and leave Mm -hmm. i think that holding on to that baggage is why he keeps packing (laughs) prevents you from being vulnerable Mm -hmm. in your relationship and you're always gonna have your guard up yeah and if you say that you love this woman and this is your wife and this is somebody that you plan on spending the rest of your life with, mm-hmm. you have to get rid of that. That's what the therapist told me, too. Oh. <laughs> I am. Okay. No, I'm going to give you my bill after this. I'm going to say he, he's, he's serious about the therapist. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm, I'm giving serious. you therapy quality. <laughs> she said the same thing. She said, let it go. And I'm like, yes. yeah, you're right. You're right. right. And, and that's. And that's a lot of people's problems they don't allow themselves to be completely vulnerable yeah. in a relationship you're damn right but, but at the same time I, I think that particularly with me I protect my heart so much and so well that yes it has turned some away but at the same time once I want to become vulnerable then it is easier because I put myself in a vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is like my recent position. And if you're listening, I still hate you. No, let me stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I do understand. And like I said, I think it's just a matter of sometimes you have to, you know, look within yourself and say, is this something that I want to do? Or is this somebody I want to be around or whatever? Because, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But... I'm going to. Uh, Latina was looking at me like she's sick of listening to me. So <laughs> that is not true. We're, that is we're, not true. We're, we're don't going, listen to him. We're, we're going to wind this down because you know we we don't have video of this, but she's looking at me like, you know, you only said that we we're going to be here an hour, and it's been like an hour and four minutes. So I enjoy. I, you know. I enjoy talking to Kurt. <laughs> she, she said talking to Kurt. <laughs> said on the other hand. She enjoys looking at me. It's like a thorn in my side. Hey, my last name is Thornton. Thornton. See, I told you I'm a wordsmith. (laughs) I'm doing these things on purpose. How can can people purchase the book? My website, latiminacole.com, amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com. I I hate to say this, but um, spell it out because some people might not know how to spell Latima correctly. It's L is in Larry, A is in Apple, T is in Tom, I is in Ice Cream, M is in Mary, A is in Apple, N is in Nice, I is in Ice Cream, C is in Charles, O is in Oscar, L is in Larry, E as in Enough. Dot com. All you had to do was say L I L A T I M A. No, because we're on the radio. <laughs> It's very difficult to distinguish letters sometimes. Mm. And I get a lot of people calling me Latina Nicole as opposed to Latima Nicole. So that's the reason why I did that. And you can hit me up. All my social media is Latima Nicole, except for IG, which is Latima Nicole 1. I am happy to converse with anybody who has sense. Yes. Don't oh, come at me. You have to put it in because you're talking to me, right? Yeah. So you're referring to me when you said it. I know you're kind. (laughs) (laughs) But as long as you are interested in having dialogue that is going to further the conversation, I'm always willing to engage. Um, You know, there's a lot of trolling that goes on on social media, and I want no parts of it. But at the same time, if my purpose is to troll, 
then my purpose in talking to you to get that trolling, then it w- it does further the conversation. It just doesn't further it for you. I don't have those conversations. Just, hmm. So, <laughs> conversations are two-sided. If you're talking, it becomes a monologue, which is what you do. You have monologues. I have conversations because there's always another party involved. Well, I noticed every time I talked, you responded. That's mm. dialogue. That's a conversation. Mm. So, there. <laughs> Sadism? The Industry no. Co-Sign Podcast. Thanks for... Um, Latina I'm just joking <laughs> Thanks Latima Nicole For stopping by And You know Chopping it up with us And as I do On every Podcast I'm going to leave you With a sadism Be true to yourself And your belief system Never let anyone else Control What you do Sadism I'm going to write a book one day It's going to be called Sadism So with that being said, it must be said, Skyhook Radio, every Tuesday, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. The Industry Coast on Podcast, you can listen to it at any time. You're listening to it now, so you're, you're good. Listen to it again when we come out next week, and the week after that, the week after that, and the week after that. And go buy Latima's book, and um, we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in the Industry Co-Sign Podcast. Any parting words? Latina? Love yourself. <laughs> I do. And, I'm talking about and to the, to the audience. realize that you are enough. No, I know. I'm talking about talk to the audience, not me. I am talking to the audience, but you're so narcissistic that you think that everything is about you. That's what you have in common with our new president. Uh-oh. I have better hair. I hear part two coming up. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, you have to know that you are enough. And anybody that is interested in being in your presence will realize that. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Still sounds like you were talking to me, but you know. <laughs> if it applies. <laughs> we will be back next week in the Chico Sign Podcast. Thanks.